What's up, chefs? I'm Julia London, and welcome to the Shade Judah Podcast. For those who have never heard of the Fat Duck, it's a restaurant owned by Hassan Blumenthal, one of my personal heroes. It's based in Bray, a small town outside of London. Walking through the Fat Duck was like almost walking through a giant secret laboratory. I mean, there was rooms for everything. There was centrifuges, which they used to separate flavors. It's like spins really fast. It's really cool. They got test kitchens. They have actual labs. They have spaces to store all the different chemicals like liquid nitrogen and dry ice. It's super cool. Plus, it's got three Michelin stars. Some is too fantastic. I actually got to spend an afternoon there with the executive chef, Johnny Lake, who told me all about his Into the Chef life. Oh, and just a heads up, we recorded this in the Fat Duck Kitchen. So those bumps and noises you hear in the background are just natural sounds of the chefs doing their thing. Johnny, welcome to the Shea Judah Podcast. Shea Judah, that's good. I like that. So when did you know that you wanted to be a chef? Hmm, that's a good question. I actually started cooking um, quite a bit later than um, than a lot of the guys that I work with. So I'm, I'm from Canada originally. I guess you, it's different opportunities in wherever you grow up, right? So I was lucky enough to be able to go to university. It was only when I was kind of finishing that degree that I started really getting into cooking. Um, and so by the time I was finishing it, I was actually working in kind of small restaurants and things like that. So I was actually kind of like a bit older. I was 23, which... Doesn't, maybe it doesn't seem that old, but at the same time, then I've worked in different places in different countries. Um, but yeah, so about 23, I'd say. And then, I, I mean, even then I started in like, uh, didn't kind of start straight away in uh, like high-end restaurants or anything like that. I actually started cooking in um, like a, I don't know what you call it here, but like in Canada, it's like a Meals on Wheels. Do you know what that is? Like, uh, So cooking kind of healthy, nutritious meals for people that are sick or, or kind of old and they can't get out, you know? So we were cooking those those kind of meals and delivering them on bikes. That was the whole deal. But it was great, you know, it was great, great atmosphere and kind of, um, I don't know, just went from there. And then like small cafes, like making soups and salads and things. So it wasn't like all of a sudden I started working working at a restaurant like, uh, like the Fat Duck, you know? So it took a long time to get there. How long have you been working at the Fat Duck? Okay, so I've worked here almost 11 years. I came here in 2005. At that time, I think in, in the Fat Duck got its third Michelin star in 2004. In 2005, the Fat Duck was, was named the, uh, the world's best restaurant. So it was a big change period when I kind of came at that time. It, was, it went from being uh, quite small to like when I, when I came, when I first came, the team was actually not that big. It was quite small. And, uh, and it was just right at that point and then it just really in the next couple of years it really started growing and uh, almost like catching up to the, um, the popularity if that makes sense so I started as a, at the time it was like the lowest position that we had so which would be a, at the time it was a chef de party there's a guy there's a really really famous chef who's he's, he's not alive anymore but his, his name's uh, Escoffier do you know him? Mm-hmm. he was the first person to kind of outline these 
these sections. And so the chef de party is kind of like in charge of a section. That's basically what it is. So whatever you, you know, whether it be the sauce section or the butchery or the, you know, the garmanger. So at the time, that was kind of the lowest position we had because it was such a small restaurant. Um, what we do when people want to, if, if they're going to start with us, uh, we'll first ask them to come for a couple of days, like a tryout type thing, interview, work with us. So I did that and it felt like a really good fit right from the, right from the start. How busy can it get during service year? Well, at the moment and for the last few years, we've had one menu. So it's not, it's not an a la carte restaurant. It's not, it's not like when you come in and you, you choose from a traditional starters, mains, dessert menu. It doesn't work that way. We've got one menu, and we've done that for probably the last five years now. But it can get quite busy, you know, but it is also very organized and structured. And, you know, we, we realize the limitations of the building. So, you know, we set out the bookings so that obviously not everyone comes at once. It's not like everyone arrives at 12 o'clock and you go. So, you know, there's set times where the guests come in. And, I mean, obviously you can't expect that all of them to come in at exactly that time. So, yeah, depending on how that happens and, yeah, things can go wrong, you know. But it is, it, it, I mean, it's just the whole day, you know, from, from start to finish is, is very busy here. And it takes, I think, hopefully what you'll see even in the little kind of tour that I'll give you is like, it's a tiny, it's a tiny restaurant, okay, but it takes so many people to actually make that tiny restaurant work. Okay, so that's, it is very busy. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think when most people come into the kitchen during service, like when things are running, um, I think they're, I don't know, I think it's because, you know, maybe they don't spend a lot of time in kitchens anyway. It's probably just what they see on TV, to be honest. But uh, they do, general comment would be that it seems very calm and organized and they expected a lot of yelling and a lot of, you know, um, but it's not like that. Not here. No, it doesn't need to be. These dishes are pretty complex, and it takes a, a lot to get them to that final thing. So, you know, you, you, if, you're, if you're kind of running around and yelling and, do you know what I mean? The whole thing's going to fall down, and it won't, it won't work. You know, the guys are very, uh, they're very committed to their job. If you're working here, this is the, if you're working here, you kind of know what it is you want to do. And you're you're doing it if that makes sense, and you're quite committed to it. It's not just uh, it's not just uh, you live close by and you're looking for a job, you know. I wanted to ask you about the physical restaurant. How did you come to decide to make it so discreet? We are quite fortunate in that people from all over the world come and eat here, so we don't actually need to have a big sign out to draw um, like people that are just driving by looking for something to eat. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, they're coming here to eat, so they're looking for it. On top of that, you've got things like it's a uh, it's it's a grade two listed building in the middle of a very protected village, so you're quite limited to what you can actually do in terms of signage and things like that. I mean, it's all the building has always been um, well. I mean, I'm sure at some t at some point it was uh, at someone's house, like cottage, um, but for as far back as we can see in any kind of records, it was like a public house, either like restaurant or pub. So it always had some kind of sign out front. But that's the thing you can't you can't do much more than that because that where the sign is now 
although years ago it used to be a different sign but it was probably about the same size in the same place but it said like the fat duck on it now there's just like the symbol what's your favorite cooking gadget because this place is like the hamleys of cooking gadgets um well there's I mean, there's two things there we use for, for the restaurant so this this here that thing in the corner is a uh, laser cutter okay so we don't we do put a bit of food in there but not really but it's it's more to do with menu stuff and kind of making kind of personalized items for people that are coming to the restaurant and then underneath that kind of cover there is uh it's a it's a it's a printer but it's like a food printer we use it to uh to kind of um print like fairly complex patterns onto these kind of uh, chocolate crabs <laughs> that are in this fr <laughs> this fridge here. So that's. What, but I think I think the coolest thing, the, mo the thing that we use the most, when it is this, um, it's it's we've actually used it for a number of years now. It's it's a machine called a rocket. It's uh, and what it is is um, how would I describe it? It's like it's it's like an evaporator. If that makes sense. So it's uh, it's like a it's a centrifuge. Okay, it works under a vacuum, and so essentially what you're what you're doing is um, you're reducing uh, stocks, juices, liquids. Uh, you're reducing them um, without any heat application. You know, when you reduce things, like say traditionally or whatever, concentrate them, you're generally boiling them, right? Like you're putting whatever it is onto heat, boiling off water, and it's concentrating until you get something that's stronger. And we use, we have two of these machines and we use them a lot. And basically what it's doing is it's, because it's under a vacuum, it's lowering the boiling point by a lot. So that you are still boiling, but at a much, much, much lower temperature. So you're not uh, cooking. You're not uh, caramelizing things like, you know, sugars and things like that in fruit juices. So you're, you're, you're concentrating them, but in a completely different way. So you're not actually, you're not changing the flavor. You're just kind of making it more. And uh, we, use that, we use that machine a lot, and it's very cool. Uh, and you can get like results with that that you would there's there's a number of dishes on the menu that if we didn't have that we couldn't uh, we couldn't we couldn't we couldn't do them yeah very cool but again the the, the the key thing with all of those things is that and it's really important to remember is uh, we don't we don't use all those things just because they're sciencey or cool you know what I mean it's it's all about trying to make the food better and if they don't we wouldn't use them Okay, final question. What advice would you give to young chefs? Okay, I would say any, any young chef, I think, figure out what it is you want to do. You know, you're obviously pretty passionate about it. Cook what you want to cook, but try everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't just limit to one thing. I mean, that, that's the thing about this, is that there's so many different types of cooking. I can run this restaurant. I've worked here for long enough, I know what we do, but uh, but the reality is, like, if all of a sudden I wanted to cook Chinese food, Thai food or something, I mean, I can cook basic Thai food and basic Chinese food, but not really, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to kind of start at the bottom again and learn all those things. So I think, you know, while when, when you're quite young is just keep your, keep your eyes open and keep, keep tasting everything and just see as much as you can, you know, I think because... Uh, yeah, and I think then, you know, after that, when you actually get into... This is the thing, though. I mean, just because you like cooking, I think now that's the thing. Like, it doesn't mean you have to be a chef in a restaurant. 
if you have a passion for food and a passion for cooking, there's, there's so many different things you can do. You can be a food writer, you can be, uh, you know, anything. Like, there's all these different things you can do. But I think if you if you really want to be a, a chef in a restaurant, then yeah, pretty, you gotta, you, you gotta know that you love it because it is a hard job. So there you go. Another day, another episode done. There's more information about me in the show notes, where you can visit my blog at www.jillondon.com or follow me on Instagram and Twitter at jillondon. Today's episode is produced by me and my mom, Kara Smith. Audio recording by Tamash Kasper. A big thank you to Johnny Lake, Lucy Egerton, and the whole team at The Fat Duck for letting me behind their kitchen doors. If you like today's show, there's tons more to listen to and more to come. Head over to iTunes or Stitcher to subscribe so you'll never miss out on what's new of Shade Judah.